David learned so much that the Lord was chasing him. God was going to use him, and God would continue to use him. And that's a hard thing to understand, that God's going to chase me. But he chases you because he wants you to get back in track. But you reap. And maybe some of us are still reaping today because of what we've done. But get your eyes on Jesus. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We're beginning a new week of teaching, and as Raul continues our series pondering the Lord's unfailing love, you'll see that even in your darkest hours, you can find hope and rest. We'll take a close-up look at the lives of David and Hezekiah, two ancient kings who experienced God's gracious power in overwhelmingly difficult circumstances. Let's listen as Raul Reese begins. It's interesting how David, you know, he writes Psalm 1 to 41. And David was uh, not only the king of Israel, but David had a lot of trials, like maybe some of us here. And there were those people in the family that didn't like him, like his son Aslam. Aslam was the kind of child that he separated himself from David because he killed one of his brothers. And then someone said, hey, you know, Absalom wants to come back here, and he wants you to forgive him. And so David said, okay, let him come back, but I don't want to talk to him. He has to live on that side. And once David came to that place of forgiveness, Absalom would come to the front gate, and as people were coming, he would say, look, if my father is too busy to hear your problems, come to me. I'll hear your problems. And the Bible says he began to win the hearts of the people. He began to win the hearts of the people. Absalom became a problem in his life, a big problem. Where Absalom came to that place, they actually took over the kingdom, and Absalom wanted to kill his dad. You know, when I've counseled with families, they have people in their families that hate them, hate them, want nothing to do with them. And maybe you're here today. Maybe you're that person that hates your family. But we have to understand that one day we're going to have to give an account to God for our love that we have, for our hatefulness that we have, the selfishness in our lives. But David came to a place when he writes this psalm because the psalm not only declares his weaknesses, but his strength that he had in his life. He starts out in the first point here, chapter 3, verses 1 to 2. He says, Lord, he starts out, Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. Lord, I am fed up. They're against me. Lord, what am I going to do? Lord, many are they who rise up against me. He's crying out to God that his enemies are growing and more and more and more are coming against him. His troubles are increasing. His enemy thinks that David is powerless against them. Totally powerless. But they forget that God is the one that fights his battles. I like that. 
God is the one that fights my battles. I can fight those battles that are spiritual. Only God. And you ask the question, well, how do we fight those battles on your knees? Praying to God. Saying, Lord, this is my situation. This is my problem. And then keep quiet and listen to him what he's going to tell you. And probably he'll tell you, hey, rest in me. When Hezekiah was there, I don't know if I told you the story, but Hezekiah was one of the kings. And they were fighting Assyria. And the Assyrians, 185,000 of them surrounded Jerusalem. And one of the enemies came and threw a scroll over the wall. King Hezekiah, he opened it up and the king of Assyria said, by tomorrow if you don't surrender, we're going to wipe you out. And Hezekiah went before the Lord on his knees and said, Lord, this is their accusations. These are their threats. He put it before the Lord. And the Lord came along and said, Hezekiah, go to sleep. Have peace in your life. I'll take care of the problem. The next morning, Hezekiah woke up and he was so excited. He went to the wall. He looked over the wall and he couldn't believe what he saw. He saw 185,000 Jews dead. Listen, one angel wiped them all out. One angel. Can you imagine what Jesus was on the Christ? Twelve legions were ready to come and destroy those that were crucifying Jesus. One angel wiped out 185,000. And when you look at the scriptures in that way, why should I be afraid? If God is for me, then who can come against me? Maybe those enemies are threatening you today. They're coming to you and say, you know, wait till this next week. Wait till this next year. But you have to change your heart. You can't always be bitter against that person. You have to forgive. And when you forgive, God will forgive you for what you've done, what you're going through in your life. And God is faithful to protect us and to protect his children. We are his children. For example, in Psalm 27, 5, he hides us. He says, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. God's going to put me in a high rock. Who's the rock? Jesus Christ. He's the rock. He delivers us. Psalm 50, 15. Call upon me in the day of your trouble. I will deliver you. And you shall glorify me. All the credit will go to me. Because I'm the one that has delivered you. In Psalm 46, 1 he says. God is our refuge and strength. In the very present time of trouble he helps me. This morning. What kind of troubles do you have? your life. David's prayer begins, Lord. Notice, Lord. Jehovah Shua, my Savior. Lord, he says. And then we see the beginning lines of this desperate plight for his son. You see that word, how? It's an expression of lamentation. He's lamenting of the crowd of his enemies. Lord, I can't believe this. And then the increase that is used there in Psalm 3, 
is the number of the enemy that he sees. He sees all these enemies that are coming against him. And then he says, the enemy that is troubling me. And he says, it is a trouble when you are constantly troubled by those who do not like you. They hate you. And then he says, they are rising up against me. Those who stand up and oppose me and just waiting for me to die. So they can say, you deserve it. I think that we need to learn what David went through, what David was going through, and what I'm going through, and what you're going through. That my enemies, I need to pray for my enemies. I need to pray for them. Again, in the book of Matthew, remember in chapter 5, when this person was walking to the temple to give a sacrifice, and he remembered. He says, if I have something against someone, he left the sacrifice and went to make sure he made things clear before he came and offered his sacrifice. And when he came back, he offered his sacrifice and God accepted it. That even though you haven't done nothing, you want to make sure your conscience is clear. And when you go to that person, they don't want to say, you've done your job. You've done what God has called you to do, and that's to forgive. To make sure you have nothing against that person. If you call yourself a Christian. In verse 2 he says. This is not the malicious behavior of its enemy. Many are they who say to me. There is no help for him in God. Notice that. Salat. They're mocking you. Who's going to help you? You're deceiving yourself. Nobody's going to help you. They don't say it nice in a nice way. They're rejoicing. Nobody helps you at all. You're going to get what you deserve. And we see that need that has become so great a threatening in the life of David. The times many think that he will not get help from his God. You stand back, you say, Lord, where are you? His enemies are increasing. The news are getting out worse. And then this is something that happens to all Christians. They hear their enemies trying to disbelieve in God. Hey, you really have a God that doesn't trust in you, that doesn't love you, and will never protect you. They try to discourage you. They're trying to bring you down so you have no faith in God. But we came to know Christ by faith. And the people are saying the king is beyond help. They can't help you anymore. The word help here in the Hebrews translated save in verse 7 and then salvation in verse 8. And what happens here, it gives us the names of Jesus and then the name of Joshua or Jehovah Shua. God is my salvation. 136 times is used in the Psalms that God rescues us, that God is my salvation, that God will take care of me. Then you ask the question, well, why has God permitted this dangerous and disgraceful thing that is happening to me? Why is it happening to me? And the reason it was part of David's chastening. You see, sometimes we say, well, God, why is this happening to you? Well, what have you done? He committed adultery with Bathsheba. And this is part of his chastening. I'm disciplining you, David. And that's hard to believe. 
But you got to read Hebrews chapter 12. He says, because the Lord chastens us because he loves us as a father chases his son or his daughter. Why? Because he loves us. Because we love them. If you didn't do anything about it, you don't love them. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Just a reminder that we're here to support you on your spiritual journey. Don't hesitate to call us at 800-634-9165 or visit us at somebodylovesyou.com. Coming up in just a few moments, we'll tell you about a booklet that further illuminates God's great love. But first, let's rejoin Rawl for more encouragement. David learned so much that the Lord was chasing him. God was going to use him, and God would continue to use him. And that's a hard thing to understand, that God's going to chasten me. But he chases you because he wants you to get back in track. But you reap. You reap what you've done. But you're back with the Lord. Every one of us has reaped. Every one of us. And maybe some of us are still reaping today because of what we've done. But get your eyes on the Lord. Get your eyes on Jesus. Who he is. In John 14, 25, Jesus is saying, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you guys. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you all remembrance, everything that I told you. Pay attention. How do we pay attention? Read the Bible. Read the Psalms. Read the Proverbs. Read the Old. Read the New Testament. You see, the Father here is not only our helper, but Jesus and the Holy Spirit. He says in Hebrews chapter 13, 6, So we may boldly say, The Lord Jehovah is my helper. I will not fear what can men do to me. Hebrews four fifteen. For we do not have a high priest with the high priest, Jesus, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. But it was in all points tempted as we are. Remember in Matthew chapter 4, three times Satan came to tempt him. He did that because he wants you to see that he was tempted without sinning. Because he's God. He says in 15 of Hebrews, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. You need him today? He's here. In time of need. Secondly, verse 3 and 4. David trusts in his God. Verse 3. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me. Notice, a shield for me. You remember in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul the apostle writing to Ephesians, he says we are to put on the whole armor of God. And are a shield for me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. Remember, when you're down, he lifts you up. You're depressed. You're bummed out. He lifts up your head. He reminds you, but you, O Lord, are my shield for me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. David was not ignoring his problem. He told God, this is my problem. David depended on God. The shield of protection, Genesis 51, God speaking to Abraham, he says, And after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham. 
I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. A vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. God. Deuteronomy chapter 33, 29. Happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, O people saved by the Lord. The shield of your help, the sword of your majesty, your enemy shall submit to you, and you shall tread down every high place of your enemies. The Lord, our Lord, our shield, our God, our Savior. Psalm 710, my defense is of God, who saves the upright in heart. Psalm 18, 2, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Psalm 28, 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him. I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices. And with my songs, I will praise the Lord. Praising the Lord for who he is, for what he's done. Psalm 119.9, he says, How can a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed according to your word? With my whole heart I have sought you. Notice, my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Hear the Psalms again. Psalm 19, one of the longest Psalms. He guides me. Psalm 19.33, teach me, O Lord, the way or your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. That was the source of David, the source of David's strength. Look at verse 4, David's prayer to his God. I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy hill. He said, Salat, a pause. Salat means a pause. David kept crying out to God in prayer. Knowing that God had not forsaken him from the past to the present or the future. He is my God. The need we have for purity of hearts. Psalm 66, 18, I regard iniquity in my heart. The Lord will not hear. Certainly God has heard me. He says, have attended to the voice of my prayer. God has heard what I was praying. And then pray believing, Matthew 21, 22. And whatever thing you ask in prayer, believe and you will receive it by faith. God's purpose, God's will. We pray according to his will. John, 1 John 5, 14. And now this is the confidence that I have in Jesus, that if I ask anything according to his will, he hears me. David's prayer was heard and pressed through the throne of God. It's so good to know that when I pray, it's in the presence of God. In Revelation chapter 4, 8, listen what he says. And the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day and night saying, holy, holy, holy. They're in the presence of God worshiping. I don't understand the three wings and all these eyes. Who was and is and to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him, Jesus. Who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever and has 24 elders falling down before him. Who sit on the throne and worship. 
And him who lives forever and ever, they cast their crowns before on the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power, for you created all things, and by you will they exist and were created. And then thirdly and lastly, verse 5 through 8. Verse 5 and 6, David's defense from his enemies. And then I lay down to sleep and I got up. I woke up for the Lord sustained me. I could sleep with peace in my life. I wasn't going to stay up. I didn't have any condemnation or guilt. Man, I went to sleep and woke up the next morning resting. I will not be afraid of 10,000 of people who have set themselves against me all around me. All these enemies that were surrounding David. God says, I believe by faith and you have listened to my prayer. In Romans 1, 17, he says, For in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Walking by faith, Romans 4, 12. In the father of circumcision to those who not only are the circumcision, but who also walk in the steps of faith, which our father Abraham had still in work in circumcised. Pray by faith. I give you your right, Matthew 21, 22. And then we resist by faith. Ephesians 6.16, the enemy. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And then by faith, 1 John 2.13, we can overcome. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him, Jesus, who is from the beginning. I write to you, young man, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known Jesus, who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. It's not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God will abide forever and ever and ever and ever. How? These all have died in faith, not having received the promises of the Old Testament saints, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. I love that. We are strangers and pilgrims on this earth. This is not our home. Our home is coming soon. And then lastly, verse 7 and 8. David's confidence in his God. He says, Arise, O Lord. Save me, O my God. Personal God. For you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You see, God defended him. You have broken their teeth of the ungodly. I like that. Salvation belongs to the Lord, and your blessing is upon who? Upon the people, your people. Man, these closing words of confidence of David in triumphant vindication rings on them. On the heart of David, Lord, you're so awesome. Victory over my problems. Victory over my enemies. Lord, you are God, the only one that I worship. You're the only one that I love. Arise, O Lord, deliver me, O my God. And the Lord did.
Well, if you're going through a difficult season right now, we hope that today's teaching has been a comfort for you as we've considered the Lord's unwavering love. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to review today's message, we'll send you an unedited version for a donation of $5 or more. Call 800-634-9165 and ask for Raul's lesson titled, The Trials We Face in Life. We'd also like to tell you about an encouraging resource from Raul titled, Understanding God's Compassion. This four-chapter booklet will ground your heart in biblical reassurances that the Lord is with you. He's absolutely in control, and He can give you eternal hope when you come to Him in faith and surrender. Act now to place your order. Visit us online at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165, and we'll send you Rolf's booklet titled Understanding God's Compassion at the low rate of just $5 plus shipping and handling. Our number once again is 800-634-9165. You can also order by writing us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We are committed to enriching your life with the uplifting wisdom of God's Word. Let us know how we can best serve you. And we'd also like to mention a resource that will grow and deepen your faith. Whether you're a daily commuter or you're in the home environment, the Somebody Loves Your Radio podcast is a great way to listen to these programs on your own schedule. It's also a convenient way to hear a particular series from beginning to end. Check out our podcast when you go to Spotify or iTunes and start listening today. We are so grateful for your partnership. Your donations are what keep us on the air, and every contribution is tax-deductible. Next time, as we continue this series focused on the riches of God's heart, we invite you to join us. You'll get a challenge to look for those who are hurting among the body of believers and bless them with the Lord's compassion, just as He's blessed you. That's next time on Somebody Loves You Radio. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.